Welcome to the Choose You Netcast. This is Jim Langlois with the word from Joshua 24, 15. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my prayer that this netcast will encourage and cheer you on as we join forces to draw the line in the sand, defending our faith and our households in the resurrection power of Jesus. Join me each weekday as we dig deeply into God's amazing word and bring up the rich treasures of his blessings. Are you ready? Choose you this day. Whom you will serve. But that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. I said, choose you this day, whom you will serve. But that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. Good morning, NetWorld, and thank you for tuning in again as we continue in our series titled The Family Bible Revolution, an end-time message for His generational blessing. And yesterday we discussed my church's document about our family integrated model. Today we're going to talk about how God's got a better way. As fathers and mothers of our children at home, we need some good material to teach our children. I want to include this material, I call it God's Got a Better Way, or GGBW, as some curriculum to teach your youth about sin and godly living before the Lord. In Exodus chapter 24, verse 12, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and be there, and I will give you tablets of stone and the law and commandments which I have written that you may teach them. If there's one set of instructions and guidelines in life I appreciate, it's the Ten Commandments. The Old Testament actually contains 613 laws. Of the 613, Moses received 10 of them written by God on tablets of stone on Mount Sinai. Not long thereafter, God had Moses build a tabernacle, a portable temple, so to speak, and had him place the stone tablets in the Ark of the Covenant, which was in the sanctuary room called the Holy of Holies. The important thing to understand is that God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses for one simple reason, to teach them. Teach them to who? To teach them to God's people. Today, the Ten Commandments are being attacked from many levels. Those who do not believe in God reject it as a document of any worth. Those who believe in other religions and atheists find it an offense and want it removed from public education and display. Christians who say the law is no longer valid say it is legalism and brings bondage. Others say that Christ simplified the process, saying love is the only thing necessary, and therefore the Ten Commandments are irrelevant. Well, since God wrote them on stone and instructed Moses to teach them, they must be valuable to him. Jesus spoke of them many times, and instead of dumbing down the Ten Commandments, he actually raised the bar even higher. He placed the heart motive of love as the governor to fulfill all moral laws toward God or man. When speaking of adultery or murder, Jesus set the standard higher from committing the actual act to one's thoughts and words. Listen to what it says in Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 through 19. Jesus said, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For surely I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. 
But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. And then Matthew chapter 5, verses 27 through 28 says this. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And then going back a few verses to Matthew 5, 21 through 22, Jesus said, you've heard it was said to those of old, you shall not murder. And whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. It's very interesting how Jesus seemed to raise the bar higher on those two commandments. Why did God give them to Moses to teach? Because they're our tutor, the Bible says, our instructor, our life coach, so to speak, for success in life. Our mentor for several important reasons. First, to make us aware of our sin and a need of a Savior. Two, to bring us to Christ for salvation. Three, for the divine exchange, the redemption of our sin for his righteousness. For our success and happiness in life on earth. And for eternal life with him in heaven. Galatians 3.24 says, Therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we may be justified by faith. You see, I believe God's got a better way. A better way than man can produce on his own. Wisdom beyond all our years. I see the Ten Commandments being the amplified or expanded version of the two commandments Jesus gave in Matthew chapter 22, verses 33 through 40. It says, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Well, the problem with the law is it brought death because we're all guilty. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty six says the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Well, the law has both a curse and a blessing. And if we're both alike, we don't want the curse, and we do want the blessing. Well, thanks to Jesus Christ our Savior, that's all possible. For in Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 through 14, it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. But just because we're redeemed from the curse, does that mean the Ten Commandments and the two are no longer important? Does it mean that godliness and obedience doesn't matter anymore? Isn't a little lying or sexual immorality as defined by God or abortion not that much of an issue today? Isn't Hollywood the epitome of a perfect utopian society? Don't they set the boundaries? How about sex outside of marriage, pornography, homosexuality, same-sex marriage, and divorce? 
What if all that is mutual? It's not hurting anyone. Can't we just redefine the definition of love? Aren't we in charge? Truth be, yes, we can redefine anything we want. God will allow us to behave any way we want. God will allow us to redefine love, sex, marriage, hatred, murder, or any moral law we want. We can do anything we desire. However, what we choose to believe or how we choose to behave will not change his boundaries. It will not change his law or his truth. We will reap what we sow. God will not be mocked. God is the one in charge. For in Galatians 6, 7 through 10, it says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Yes, godliness and obedience have great value, and the Ten and the Two Commandments are still in operation as God's boundaries. But even a Christian might claim they are no longer under the law and the curse of its effects. Okay, yeah, we are forgiven and redeemed, and we are the righteousness of God in Christ, according to 2 Corinthians 5.21. But let's take a little test. Let's tell some friends a few lies. Commit adultery against our wife or husband. Steal some office supplies from our place of employment. Disrespect our parents. Speed on the highway. Steal from a store. And that's just the ones concerning our love for each other. I did not mention the first four about our love for God. How do you think we will do? Let's call each other in about a month and see how blessed we are. That's if we're still married, still have any friends, still have a job, and we're not in jail. Thank God we're still saved. Yes, I believe God's got a better way. And if we're listening and paying attention, we might learn something. Good students listen to their teacher. Wisdom from the mountain. God's got a better way. As I stated, the law has a curse and a blessing out of Galatians chapter 3. Paul explained it well in Romans chapter 7 verses 9 through 11 in the Living Bible. That is why I felt fine, so long as I did not understand what the law really demanded. But when I learned the truth, I realized that I had broken the law and was a sinner doomed to die. So as far as I was concerned, the good law, which was supposed to show me the way of life, resulted instead in my being given the death penalty. Sin fooled me by taking the good laws of God and turning them to make me guilty of death. Hmm, I like that. The good laws of God brought him death. We all must admit the ten moral commandments of God are good. However, if they never existed, we would have no punishment to pay for our actions. But God did declare them, and we died. Let's read it in another version through verse 12, Romans 7, 9 through 12 in the New King James. I was alive once without the law, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. And the commandment, which was to bring life, I found to bring death. For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it killed me. Therefore the law is holy, and the commandment holy, and just and good. Now we see the law is holy, and just and good. Okay, but now we have a problem. Like Romans 3.23 says, I've sinned and come short. I'm guilty. My sentence is death. What do I do? How can I be saved? Not only that, but if there's a way for me to be saved, 
How can I go on without continuing mistakes? Well, Paul answers this question just a few verses further. And in Romans 7, 24 through 25, Paul says, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And then in verse 25, he says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. But just a few verses later, he tells us this in Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 2. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Wow, that's an entire teaching in itself, but I'll try to summarize it. The grace of God has two powerful purposes in our lives. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, it says, We are saved by grace through faith, that not of ourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. We're out of time, so join me again tomorrow at the same time and the same place. I call you blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. If you'd like to write me or become a financial partner with this ministry, my address is the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. That's the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. Online donations can also be made at tmhnow.org, and my email address is pastorjim at tmhnow.org. This is Jim Langlois saying be blessed, you and your whole household. Until next time. Choose you this day, but that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house.